I started this podcast almost one year after the cancellation of my degree show, the final exhibition of the art school experience. The most important moment of any art degree. This was, of course, one of thousands of exhibitions across the world which was canceled due to the COVID-19 pandemic. But now, one year later, I actually am getting to exhibit my work in a physical show alongside my peers. This isn't at the Edinburgh College of Art where we expected, but instead at a gallery in London, which took it upon themselves to showcase the work of graduates from the classes of 2020 and 2021 from four universities across the UK. To celebrate this opportunity, I spoke with four exhibiting artists about their work, how they coped with the degree show cancellation, and their thoughts on the future of the art world. Oh, and if you and any of your friends are in London between the 3rd and the 7th of June, book a slot online and visit the exhibition entitled Final, Not Over Again at the Unit 1 Gallery Workshop on Bard Road near Notting Hill in London. The first person you'll hear from is Louis Lyle, a painter based in Manchester. We didn't know what was going on in the world, never mind our education. You know, it was a global pandemic and like, you know, this is quite an extreme time that we're living in. Like, we'll probably not see anything like this again in our lifetimes. And here's Michelle Wolodarski, a mixed media artist based in London. Everything's worth it for the the final bit of fifth year when you actually get to just make art and you realize why you did this long degree and everything so I was feeling super excited about that and then when the whole pandemic hit well at first like I honestly I just couldn't believe I just thought it was going to be genuinely two weeks I was like in such denial I didn't think and even after it had been two weeks I still didn't think our degree show was going to be cancelled. Welcome to the first episode of Art Is Season 2. This is a podcast for artists visualizing the future of the art world. In this season, we'll revisit the themes, stories, innovations, and ideas introduced in Season 1. Today, we go back to the beginning, to the catalyst that led me on this path, graduating from art school into the pandemic. If you aren't sure what I'm talking about, I recommend going back to Season 1, Episode 1, titled From Here to There, to get a little bit of context. But before we go into exploring innovation and tech, alternative business models, and ways of thinking that could change the landscape of contemporary art, as we will do in the rest of the season, it was important to me to bring in the voices of other emerging artists. So today you'll hear patchwork of stories and perspectives from the past year, high points and low points, silver linings and tough realizations. Here's Molly Kent, a textile artist based in Edinburgh. I mean, it was honestly a letdown for pretty much everybody. The fact that we had spent five years getting to this point and it's meant to be the it's meant to be the last party, essentially. Five years of work all coming together and you think, right, I get to exhibit with everybody that I've spent all these years with and things like that, and this massive celebration, and that was just kind of whisked away. I think for a couple of weeks I had this kind of mental state of, well, what's the point? Like, if we're not actually getting this physical show, which... They ramp up all throughout the degree as well as this fact of like everyone says the degree shows the most important part. That's where you're going to make the connections, you're going to network, you'll get sales, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, right, that's gone. What are we meant to do now? Like you, <laughs> you make it sound as if that's our career's over with because we weren't able to have this physical show. 
Here's Sophia Hallstrom, a painter and interdisciplinary artist based in Wokingham. It was quite a traumatic year in, in terms of just figuring out, just trying to find, you know, your feet again and then to finish off our degrees at home. I think it's going to take a long time for me to actually realise what kind of feelings are like I'm unsure about how, how I feel about everything. A common thread was the feeling of loneliness. Here's Michelle recounting her last experience in the studios. I remember going on to pick up my stuff or like some stuff for the last, the last day the ECA was open. And I just remember like, I'm not over dramatizing, but literally like kneeling on my studio floor and like actually breaking down and crying, complete desperation of what is happening. Um, it was, I was just distraught. Like, I, I can assume everyone else was as well. It's just, just honestly the worst. Like, like the worst thing, it's like trauma, I feel. You said before how you felt so isolated after graduating. And I guess that's one thing about art school that is the only thing that I think is good is that you um, actually get to spend lots of time with other people in your exact same artistic situation. And yeah, graduating, nobody actually prepares you for how tough it is, pandemic or not. And Molly explaining how she got back to work. It really kind of knocked out of you for a while, but after about a week of, you know, a couple of breakdowns, some tears along the way, I was like, right, I have to finish this degree. Again, like it's been five years, I might as well at least try and get a first or something like that. So thankfully I had this room to work in. So at least I had a space that I was very thankful for. So I just kind of tried to pull myself back into gear and finish off the degree. Something I really enjoyed talking to these artists about was the unexpected experiences they had during lockdown. Projects they found themselves working on, realizations they've had about art school, and how they see themselves fitting into the wider art world system. I think looking back now, I think that our art education was very, was kind of quite pure in the sense that we we never really, we were never taught that we were gonna make money from our artwork. You know, it was it was more kind of we were learning how to talk about our art or and write about our artwork, and it wasn't and ever anything kind of real worldy stuff. So I think what really frust- not frustrates me, but I think what I've really realised in the art world is that there isn't so much kind of space for being experimental, really, with your ideas. Or maybe that's 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 how I feel. I think that artists that I really admire and are really successful, there's a stylistic continuity with their with their works, which I think is awesome. But it's it's just not the way that I I work. My practice isn't so consistent. So I think that's that's what kind of like is not frustrating, but something that I I realise that there isn't much space for in the art world. I think. I think the funny thing is, like, if you asked me at the start of my final academic year, would you be involved in making a grassroots collective? I probably would have said no. Like, I'd, I never think I would would have thought I would have had the opportunity to do that or, like, been able to do that. Here, Louis is talking about Alt-D, the alternative online degree show that was made by a group of Edinburgh College of Art students in the summer of 2020. Michelle and Molly were also on the team that organised Alt-D, and Sophia and I exhibited our artwork on the platform as well. It was a it was a real roller coaster ride. It was it was mad. Um, it all transpired because 
we felt collectively as like ECA didn't really represent us properly or to the best of what they could have done on the online platform. Um, the website which they created wasn't user friendly at all. There was um, people's information was missing, and you know we were we were really upset. You know, and they had enough time to and resources really to kind of create something really special, but it didn't feel that way. So kind of a group of us got together across the um, School of Art, School of Design and School of Architecture. Um, we kind of got together to create our own platform within six weeks. I think we built a website which had about 100 people on there. But yeah, we got like a big Instagram account going. We had like a really nice opening event and like we got so much support from like our peers, but also from people outside of like our universities, for example, like the Ingleby Gallery were very supportive. Creative Edinburgh were amazing with us. Embassy as well, um, Streetwork Photography in Glasgow, they were supportive as well. So these kind of bigger institutions which are established, that they always want to help. And like they, they were willing to help us at, at will. And then we, we got in contact with Zembella Gallery, which is in Hoyk, which is on the borders in Scotland. Um, and they really wanted to do like a collaboration between us and, and their gallery space. So we created a, uh, like a poster exhibition and then we created a, an accompanying zine to that. And then at the start of September, uh, Jack's Art, which own billboards in multiple cities across the country. So all the big cities, um, they got in contact with us. And we had these enormous billboards in Edinburgh, which was all our work on and it. it was just it was just brilliant to see. And we, we were supported so well by everybody else in the art world as well. It was just really amazing that I was there. And then when we did it, we, it didn't, we didn't really kind of understand like how well we were doing at the time. But now looking back, we did so much and like we achieved so much in like sh- such a tight space of time with quite a limited budget as well. So it, it kind of gave us a bit of hope because we didn't think we'd get half as much support as what we would have got um but I suppose when you're you know going for like the bigger more national institutions that are you know heavily reliant on government and private funding might get a little bit more complicated there but that just comes with the scale of like projects I think like there is like a hierarchy of how art is kind of presented to the world and you know, I think we we were all kind of collectively agreeing that like there isn't enough opportunity for emerging artists sometimes to kind of showcase together. You know, it's it's usually when the artist has become more successful. So you know, maybe like five, six, seven years after graduation, the work's exposed. I mean, but that's kind of a different conversation in itself. But I think it's still really important to create these opportunities to the public rather than it just be necessarily enclosed in a university format and I think collaboration between maybe more established artistic groups and these smaller emerging grassroots projects are the future of creating sustainable work and opportunities for young creatives you know we don't kind of see ourselves as like young professionals sometimes but you like when you like what Alt-D taught me was like you can pursue a very strong profession in the creative industry, you know, without it being what you think it is. Something that came up in season one was the role of Instagram. 
emerging artists everywhere are using it to showcase their art, expand their network, and make new connections. Molly and Michelle share their experience and opinions as both a positive force creating opportunity during the lockdowns and as a negative force, fostering a competitive and sometimes destructive mindset. All my work is handmade. It's very material-focused process of work, so it can't really that be easily represented in an online space. You lose a lot of the texture, you're meant to be able to physically interact with the work, so there is a kind of loss of um, reading and intent behind the work with it being totally online, so in that aspect I'm quite excited for things to be physical again, but it's also, and it sounds maybe kind of bad, it's nice to be able to hide behind a phone, especially when you make, in my case, making work about mental health. It's quite a scary conversation to kind of out yourself to, in my case, like thousands of people on Instagram and be like, oh, I have this mental health condition that can be sometimes misunderstood and people think can see it's quite a scary thing, quite a scary diagnosis. So most of the time it's been nice just being able to turn the phone off and be distanced from it. Whereas in a physical opening, actually having to discuss your own mental health and the problems that you've experienced that have influenced your work, having to do that at like an art opening, I, I don't know how that's going to go. That's quite intimidating to me. Like my work's all about being vulnerable, but I've been able to be vulnerable in a pretty bound, like a nice boundary kind of way. I've been able to kind of box off that vulnerability and it just be on this online space that I can easily step away from when it gets too much. But in an online opening or, or like in-person meetings with people, it's a very different kind of conversation to have. So a bit of both. I'm glad that it's online. I've been looking forward to my work being able to be physically experienced by people again. But yeah, there's different nuances that come into it. So it's a bit of a, it's a, bit of a weird one. I mean, it's so great um, that there is a replacement in a way to when there wasn't anything. But for me, like the main thing is social media and how horrible that is. I had to, for the majority of the pandemic, go offline um, in that sense because it's, I mean, it's so bizarre how people think that they can make change through social media, in my opinion, because, especially in, in an artistic way, because it's ultimately like a capitalist platform made to sell you things and this kind of like mentality of individualism, which I think is so detrimental to actually making art practice which is meaningful for the artist. I feel like Instagram specifically is so bad for artists because it makes you like be a brand. You're selling yourself almost like every single moment. You see people like making work for the sake of posting it on Instagram and that's so not meaningful and, and by the nature of Instagram it's, it makes it content to throw away to be consumed and then thrown away which is the whole capitalist idea of culture exists to be consumed not to be like preserved or um like embodied or I don't I don't know how to dis describe it um and so it seems so counterintuitive to use social media as a tool obviously we had we had nothing else but I I think it's so bizarre and on a personal level as well like people feel like they need to post about achievements all the time and I just that for me that's the was the nail in the coffin in a year where I felt like wasn't achieving anything constantly and I was comparing myself against other people all the time who were like I'm doing this I'm doing that and I'm well I'm doing nothing and I can't do anything so I just I'm not going to look because it's making me so depressed <laughs> 
and so we are social we exist in social networks like real life um networks and so if you don't have people validating your existence of like what you do and who you are then you don't feel like you exist in a way so it makes so much sense to when you're lost not make anything but nobody tells you that it's a natural thing and then you beat yourself up about it and i also haven't been making like anything this having the show you know was really great for that reason because it's like oh like people are going to see my work so i can make something and so yeah and and like from taking that big break i think i've made something way better than i could have if i was just continually churning out uh content if you want to call it like that i think painting for me is quite a meditative process i think i said that right um you you know you can change things at will you can stick to a plan i work in oil paints predominantly so the drying process because it's so long it gives me so much time to add and remove layers if i choose to um but i think it it's, i just find it really kind of satisfying for me personally and um something that we picked up in the residency was like i loved like the start and the middle of a painting like i i i'm always very like anxious at the end of the painting because i i do have that typical kind of painterly mind of being like oh is it finished so that's why i love painting because i can just change my mind all the time and nothing set i think the lovely thing about everything having been moved online is that it became far more accessible for a lot of people it's a lot easier for people to find your work and things like that and be able to engage with it so like the main one that i'm referencing to is that i'm now involved with a gallery called new cube which was founded by and i'm potentially going to say a name wrong but bb xavier she randomly came across my work through the artist support pledge on instagram so i finished university i made some small kind of quite palatable pieces that i put up for sale she bought the first one and then a few months later she invited me to actually be one of the artists on her roster so there's this kind of this snowball effect of one little opportunity on instagram be it a little interview or just networking with someone can actually turn into your like a big career moment and things like that so those, those are the kind of opportunities that I'm referring to. And without the likes of Instagram and things like that, I wouldn't have been exhibiting anywhere near as much as I have done. And I probably wouldn't be at the kind of position I am to be mostly a full-time freelance artist. Authenticity is something that came up a lot in these conversations. The rationale for your actions both in the studio and out, online and offline. But the performativity of Instagram and social media makes it really hard to separate reality from illusion. It was a learning progress. I think a lot of people kind of had this quite, had a lot of jealousy towards one another, even if they didn't want to, because we couldn't see one another, we couldn't communicate in the same kind of ways, we couldn't understand how they were getting certain opportunities and whatnot. So I think it was very easy to feel jealousy towards people and think, oh, my career isn't progressing at the same kind of rate. Am I doing something wrong? What should I be doing differently and whatnot? And in terms of the authenticity, I definitely, as soon as I finished uni, I made works which I knew would sell and weren't authentic to my practice so I've made a series called Viral Forms which were just kind of small-scale abstract works and whilst they looked somewhat nice um, I still enjoyed making them. They're not really to do with my practice I just knew that it was mostly a guaranteed income and I've kind of reevaluated in the past six months or so and realised that actually if I continue doing that style of work I'm going to sell myself short and I'm probably going to hinder my actual career growth as an artist rather than like a kind of almost interior decorator kind of thing so 
I stopped making those smaller works and I've been focusing more so on actual quite deeply personal works and things like that and at that point being able to post it on Instagram and throw it out to the world and seeing people's reception be it positive or negative is quite a nice way of dealing with it. I think if I'd immediately gone into physical exhibitions with dream weaving series I wouldn't have been confident enough to actually go for exhibitions but just being able to throw it out on Instagram leave it for a few hours come back and look at the comments has been quite nice like I was going to too much effort to try and stage stuff for Instagram and I've kind of stopped trying to do that and just posting when I feel like it trying to forget about the engagement side of Instagram and just kind of make it work for me rather than working for it and over the past year I've actually learned how to be more authentic to my practice and stop worrying about how we present it online and things like that I think that I'm I'm seeing change in the art world for the better I think social media has really driven that change and and being really helpful and I think that there are some artists really driving that change who I really admire. Sophia actually found the Unit 1 Gallery Workshop exhibition opportunity as an Instagram open call. I think that a lot of like institutions for for instance this exhibition that we're we're going to be featuring in is kind of the only gallery in London that's had an open call for um, students who've lost degree shows to have a physical show um, and it's it's so surprising to me that you know there's so many spaces so many large galleries out there who kind of have the means to help young emerging artists and it's, it's like disappointing in the way that they that maybe that's not at the, at the forefront of their priorities it's a bit of a bummer that there's like there's not so much support it doesn't feel like there's so much support in that way and I think goldsmiths um, as well that were able to put on physical degree shows so I mean it shows that you know if institutions want to they can help and like facilitate things but uh, yeah that just that feels difficult. The fact that being an artist isn't actually that glamorous it's not as glamorous as you probably think it is it isn't just freedom to paint or weave or whatever every every hour of the day that we want to it's actually a lot of sitting down and trying to get our ducks in a row and figuring out like right how can I actually try and advance my career like doing your taxes and things like that the things that like ECA never told us about they never told us about the practicality of being an artist they just had this kind of quite romanticized idea of oh you're just going to sit in a studio all day you're going to make work it's going to be great that's all you want to do and it's like you can't realistically do that you can't do that until you've had a career for 20 years and you've got a gallerist sat behind you who's actually doing all your admin and things like that for you. So I think more institutions need to be honest with students about the fact that you're not going to leave university and instantly be able to just create every hour of the day because it's just not the reality. Thank you for listening to the first episode of Art Is Season 2 a special episode featuring... I'm Louis Lyle. I graduated ECA last year as part of Class of 2020. So my name is Michelle and I am a, I guess you could say artist. It's like we're st- still struggling to say that I'm an artist. Um, yeah, I'm an artist and I work with video and yeah, filmmaking and Way back in the day, at actually art school, I used to make installations. My name's Sophia, Sophia Halstrom. I graduated last year from the MA Fine Art course from Edinburgh College of Art. I am 
predominantly a painter, but also work with um, sculpture and film that kind of feed into my, my practice. So I'm Malika and I am a textile artist based in Edinburgh. And the main mediums in which I work are rug tufting and weaving. Thank you to all the participating artists and thank you to the Unit 1 Gallery Workshop for this incredible opportunity and for bringing us together again. Check out the final Not Over Again exhibition happening at the Unit 1 Gallery and Workshop in London and register online for your slot. It's free. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. Also, remember to subscribe to Art Is Now so that you get our next episode in your feed out on June 9th. Before you go, I wanted to mention the Art Is Bookshop, created through bookshop.org, an online platform built to financially support local independent bookstores. It's important to me that this podcast is a resource for you, so I've carefully curated a selection of books for your continued professional and personal development. You can find links to both US and UK bookshops in the episode description and on the Art Is Instagram and Twitter at Art Is Podcast. By purchasing books through these links, you'll be supporting independent bookstores and this podcast. Thanks, and see you soon.